Sometimes I wonder if I have this weird tone of voice that my kids just literally can't hear. Sometimes they just completely tone me out. <laughs> like, hi, I'm here. And it can be frustrating. But it gets me thinking about how much of what I say are my kids actually taking in? Like, are they really hearing me and understanding me when I'm teaching them important things, like important life lessons, or are they just toning me out? And it's so important that our kids learn the lessons that God has put on our hearts to teach them. And that's all going to start with good communication. So today I brought Jenna Young on the show. She's a behavior therapist who's going to teach us some strategies to communicate effectively with our kids so they want to listen to what we have to say. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom podcast where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. Welcome. Today we have a special guest, Jenna Young. She is a Christian mama, a master's level behavior therapist, and a pastor's wife. She works with parents like us to find solutions for their children's mental health and behavioral concerns with therapeutic practices and Jesus. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So today we're talking about communication and how to communicate with our children in a way that they want to listen. And I have to say that I'm like so ready for this because as my kids are getting older, it's like communication becomes easier, obviously, because they can talk and, you know, they, they're thinking, their thinking is maturing and things like that. But also they have their own opinions and their own views. And sometimes when I think it's important to talk about, you know, going into a lecture about kindness or the importance of words or like why this lesson is important, I see that they start to like gloss over, or sometimes worse, sometimes they get mad or whatever. So I just, I definitely, this topic resonates with me because I think that it's really important and I could use some pointers. What would you say, Jenna? What would you say is the key to healthy communication with our kids? Yes. You know, communication, that's a, it's a tough one, right? Because it gets, it's extremely complex. Like you said, especially as your kids begin to age, they can communicate more. So you would just kind of assume it's going to get easier, but really they're growing into their own individuality. Right. And so it could be kind of complex as you help support them. So as far as the key, I would say to healthy communication, when I'm consulting with my parents, I really like to focus on two different aspects, both being intentional and then also really being proactive. So with that intentional piece, just 
it sounds so simple, but really just making time for them, giving them opportunities to communicate and open up to you, um, making sure that you are available for those and that you're not on your screens. You're not preoccupied with all that we have to do as mama, right? Like it becomes so easy to get involved in our day-to-day -day and never-ending to-do list that we find ourselves looking at our screens or doing our things more so than providing our children those opportunities to communicate. And we just have to be mindful that even when we're not saying something, we're still communicating with them. And mm. so when I'm looking at my screen, sometimes, I mean, we'd hate to admit it, but we're kind of telling our children that what I'm reading or what, what I'm looking at really is taking precedence. And that is more important at this moment. So just being really intentional. Um, I also like to share like me personally, sometimes I get so caught up in planning these fun days or fun activities, or we're going to do this awesome art project or go on this, uh, to go see the zoo lights, especially for Christmas and all of the fun stuff going on. Right. And sometimes we just get caught up in going through the motions and doing the day-to-day -day that we forget that if we're not communicating with our kids and having those depth-rich, filled conversations during these fun activities, we're really not optimizing them and spending the quality time that we could be. Mm. That part that you said about screens was really convicting. I know it's a struggle for like so many of us and I try to be so intentional, but I definitely see, especially my younger one, I think he's just more, um, more sensitive to how I, my tone of voice and things like that. But recently he'll start to say, he'll ask me something. I'm like, oh, wait a second. He's like, oh yeah, just finished that email before you come. And like, I think he's a little bit manipulating me. I don't know. But also <laughs> it's true, you know, like, because if I'm always telling him to wait a second, then what's more important. So I th definitely think that is um, something to be aware of. And then also like the proactive side of that too, as far as making sure that we are causing what we want to happen, which is this communication and open dialogue and doing that rather than being reactive, right? Mm -hmm. um, being proactive really is the opposite of that reactiveness. And so I believe that really comes from setting clear expectations. That is a huge part of communication personally that, that I think. And so whether you're going somewhere new um, and just explaining what to expect, where we're going, who's going to be there, how mm -hmm. long we're going to be there. We as adults, we can kind of fill in the blank and we kind of know what to expect. And sometimes we take for granted that our children really don't know or how much they really would benefit being prepared for those um, interactions. And then the routines that we do every single day, like eat dinner, the more we have those expectations of what is expected, then our communication could really flourish because then we're really going to be setting the groundwork where the children know what to expect. It'll provide those opportunities to communicate. And then ultimately, we'll, as a behavior therapist, I see a lot of times as mama will be able to really distinguish the difference between misbehavior and misunderstanding because yeah. so often we get those mixed up where we find that we're disciplining when we should be explaining because it was a misunderstanding um, or the flip we're explaining and really they really understand the expectation already and we really that is a more of a discipline consequence moment and so sometimes I think communication just gets lost or it's not optimized because we're not proactive enough and having those clear expectations for our kids. Mm, that's so good. I do feel that way. And I recently was speaking about ex expectations um, when we were talking about routines. And, you know, like you never think of it as like for communication, mm -hmm. you know, like how how can I set clear expectations regarding communication? Does that make sense? Like, how do I do that? 
Absolutely. And I think that I always encourage parents to over-explain. We really think that it's kind of understood, but you can never over-explain enough. And um, just really outlining everything that's involved or asking them, do you have any questions? Or even before you go into a circumstance or the next part of your day saying, so what do you think? What's going to happen next? Or do you know what to expect today? Or do you have any questions for me? Um, it takes just two seconds out of our day, but I think we'd really be surprised as mama to find maybe they don't really know what's next, or maybe they got this also and they're ready for more and we can move on to more, some higher level conversation topics. Yeah. So interesting because I think that it can go both ways. I've noticed that my younger son really needs me to like, he really wants to know what's happening next. And sometimes I'm like, don't we know, like, don't you know what's happening next? Like we do this every day. So like, I think I'm noticing that sometimes like he he actually doesn't know, right. I just haven't been clear because our day, even though to me, it seems the same every day, it's not really the same every day. Like we have other things that are thrown in there and sometimes we do different things, but then I also, my older son, I've noticed he will say, well, what are we doing today? But I think he actually knows, but he wants to open up that conversation to discuss, like, do we have to do this? Or like, can we do something else? Or I'm actually excited about doing this. It's like his way to open up communication. And sometimes I get frustrated with it because I'm like, you already know what's happening. Why are you asking me again? You know, but I never looked at it in that way. Like it could be him opening up that door to conversation of things that he wants to discuss about what's happening in the day. Absolutely. I think you are spot on with that. And our kids are going to mature in their conversational abilities at different rates. And a lot of it is personality based as well. Um, But just picking up on those cues as far as when they're saying those things, what do they really mean? And if Mm -hmm. we're too busy and we're looking at our screens and we're checking off the boxes of our to-do list, we're we're going to miss those, or we're going to see those as inconveniences when really those, that is your child saying, please connect with me, please talk with me further. And those are opportunities that we could be leaning in rather than being, you know, inconvenienced as we so often see it to be so often. Mm -hmm. So as you're saying this, my, I have like little wheels spinning in my head, um, because I'm always talking about routines and habits. So I'm like, how can we set up new routines and habits around making sure that we're leaving room for our kids? And like, obviously there's going to be spontaneous conversation and that's important too, but like putting our phones away, you know, and that's stuff we we're talking about all the time now because of our culture, like making sure the phones are away at dinner or, you know, things like that. But how can we really be intentional about that? You know? Yes. There's actually a lot of research out there of the power of morning check-ins. It is so powerful and completely evidence-based about how, when we make time for conversation with a quick check-in, how we would be surprised at how much our children open up and share. It really is quite amazing. And so for each age, there's lots of different adaptations of this. Sometimes it's almost kind of like the thing you see at the doctor with all the faces and which one are you feeling today? Um, But really a lot of evidence has gone into making those things that the doctors use. That's why they use them because they work. And so adapting that as mama and having different opportunities for them to say, how are you feeling? Or um, I like my favorite is what are you looking forward to today? And, or what would you like to do today? I mean, are so often their days are decided by us. 
And Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of autonomy over what they do that day. Their day is kind of laid out. And so giving them the opportunity to have a voice and share, what would you like to do today? Or what are you looking forward to? How are you feeling? Those are really powerful, open-ended questions. And your relationship's just going to deepen as you ask those. Ooh, I love that. I love the morning check-in. Um, cause I feel like that's something that's been on my mind, on my heart, like, Ooh, I really want to make sure I'm connecting with them in the morning. And there's different ways that we do, but not specifically about communication, you know? And I think that really that would help us a lot as we go through the day. So we're all kind of on the same page. We know what each other wants or needs, you know, and we know like, Oh, I'm kind of like, not like I'm in a bad mood today. Like I might need some help or I'm feeling really excited or whatever it might be like just to be aware. Yeah. And then also teaching those self-reflective skills as well and building that side of communication and doing it at the end of your day. I also really like to just bookend it. And during bedtime routine, I always like to fit this in with my son and say, what was your favorite part of the day today? And it's always so shocking because I think I know the answer every single day. Like we clearly did this one fun activity. That's definitely going to be his answer. Right. And it's never is. He always comes up with this off the wall, random thing of remember when dad said that funny thing in the car. And I'm like, what funny thing? And I have to think back. (laughs) Wow, that is amazing that that was your favorite part. And I feel like that really just, it makes us realize too, as moms, that we have this mom guilt all the time. This didn't go right. And that didn't go right. And this lesson didn't go as planned. And to look back and know his favorite part of the day was that car ride from the library, not actually being there with all the activities. And it allows us to give ourselves a little bit of grace and know that, you know, being intentional and being proactive and being present is so powerful. And just opening that communication, you'll be able to see that they're giving you grace too. Yeah. I love that. And like, the idea, sometimes I feel like I get into the, I don't know, this might sound not nice, but like, you forget that your kids have their own personality, right, you know, yeah. like, I mean, obviously they have their own personality and I know that, but like, sometimes I like overlook it, you know, yes, but like when absolutely. you give them those moments to be like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I don't automatically know what you like, like, let me learn more about you and like who you are, who God created you to be. Yes. I love that. I love that because I always think it's so amazing that children can be raised in the same way and I'm the same person yet. They're so incredibly different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that definitely shows up in communication and how they communicate with you. And then it should kind of change how we communicate with them as well. Yeah. I love that morning check-in thing. So uh, what other, do you have any other good tips like that? What are some good, good ones? Um, well, I think really the difference between like a good communicator and a great communicator is that a good communicator, they'll talk to their kids, but a great communicator is one that really understands and wants their kid to understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And so I know that for me, like the why question comes up a lot. Well, why, why? Mm -hmm. And like, when he asked why I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, (laughs) I I said so. Um, and not really looking at it as an opportunity. Um, but really if it's worth asking them to do it, it's worth explaining why. And Mm -hmm. so just pausing, I think is so important. Um, I know as a behavior therapist, I see this a lot too, with the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, right? So I love those words. Oh, I just love it too. I know I can like geek out on this stuff. Um, But the extrinsic motivation is, you know, they may be compliant and listening to you and you're communicating and going throughout your day. 
but really they're just kind of checking boxes or they're doing it because they don't want to make mom mad or that's what they're supposed to do. And it's all just this external compliance, right? Mm -hmm. um, rather than the intrinsic motivation of I'm doing this because God called us to do it. I'm doing this because it's right. Or mm -hmm. we as our family value this. Um, and it's so important for them to have that intrinsic motivation. If, I mean, the whole purpose of God calling us to be mamas, to equip them to be adults, right. And to be God fearing, loving, kind adults in their futures. Right. And so if we're going, if they're going to take what we're teaching them on the day to day and communicate with others and be good communicators in their lives. I mean, they're going to have to really have that intrinsic value and that's not going to happen, unfortunately, unless they know why. <laughs> and so yeah. When they're asking why, I think that is an opportunity that we really need to stop, despite sometimes the inconvenience of it all, and really share why we're asking them to do things or why we do what we do. Yes, I love that. I know because um, sometimes I feel like it can feel like a burden, but then I have to remind myself that my job here is not to get all the things checked off, right? It's not to make sure that my house is clean. I mean, like, obviously, yes, you want to like, do your best, but your job really as a mom is to like disciple these children and to teach them. So yeah. taking those like opportunities, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. This isn't like taking us away from what we're supposed to be doing. This is like the thing. And sometimes I have to rewrap my mind around that when I start getting caught up in like, oh yeah, um, I'm not gonna explain why because I'm doing the dishes and I can't hear you and I'll, we'll just have to wait. And then the, the it's gone, you've missed that opportunity, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes we could approach communication kind of as what is the bare minimum or what's the three-step quick method that I mm -hmm. could go so that I'm in a sufficient communicator with my kids um, or I'm communicating enough. Um, a lot of times I'll even see, well, how much quality time is recommended, right? Like we kind of just, that's our fleshly nature that we kind of just want to do the bare minimum, right? What really communication is the name of the game. Like that is motherhood is communicating, um, going into those why questions and answering some of life's hard questions and going through those things with them. That is what God calls us to do as mama. And so there really isn't a bare minimum or easy, quick steps to communication. It really is being a mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Good point of view. So I'm wondering if I'm thinking about my relationships with my kids, are there some signs that might like pop up if our communication is not ideal and I'm not doing a great job at this? Yes, actually. So a lot of times what I'll see it come up is attention seeking behavior. Mm -hmm. um, this is behaviors that are, they usually start off as being really kind of like that annoying behavior. We call it like junk behavior. It's the whining, um, saying no, or, well, what if I don't want to, or really taking a long time to do it and causing kind of the long dragged out scene. Um, that's usually how it starts. And then sometimes it'll even then progress to temper tantrums and more meltdowns and more difficult things. Um, but usually that's a sign that our communication isn't spot on because what we pay attention to ultimately will increase in our kids and what we ignore will decrease. Mm -hmm. And so often I see this in, when I do my parent consulting is that the mom is really busy. She's trying to do everything she can, and she really is doing the best job that she can. And she's just kind of fallen into the communication trap of stop that. Don't do that. Why are you doing that? And doing all of these corrective things for the negative. And then when they're being appropriate or they're kind, then she's silent. 
And there's not a lot of feedback and praise happening. And then very quickly, the child will learn, I get attention when I do this bad thing, you know, or annoying behaviors, but I'm really not getting a lot of mom's undivided attention when I'm being appropriate. I especially see this in sibling reactions or sibling interactions as well. Um, when I'm playing nice with my sibling, mom leaves me alone and she's in the kitchen cooking dinner. But if I hit my sibling, mom is right there and I'm getting one-on-one -on -one talking to. And so even with them not really cognitively understanding what they're doing, it's just an innate reaction in our kids then to start to mm -hmm. miss it. Yes. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And my younger one, like definitely he, he needs a lot of communication and we've recently, we've gone through a tough patch recently where some of like the behaviors that we had worked on before were starting to come back out. And me and my husband are like, like what's going on, but it's so obvious that he is seeking attention. So we must not be communicating in the way that he needs, you know? I think that starting some of those things, like really making sure in the morning, like doing that morning check-in and doing it again at night, I think that could really help. Absolutely. And then with the sibling interaction piece too, I always encourage if sibling A hits sibling B, then your attention should be on sibling B. Are you okay? Come mm -hmm. here. Like showing the sibling that was appropriate, that attention and that praise. Um, and then you could do the corrective behavior later. I mean, chances are that other child kind of knows that they shouldn't have hit them right. in the first place, right? They don't need a lecture and say, oh, I wasn't supposed to hit them. I didn't know that, right? Like that's not part of the process. Um, but so often too, that other sibling can kind of be the recipient of the one child trying to get attention. So making sure that all kids are heard in that scenario. So interesting. So the story of my life right now is the little one hits and the older one hits back harder. And then I'm like, who, what am I, who do I talk to first? What are we talking about here? <laughs> yes, I know it can really, and the more children and the more interactions, it could get really kind of messy, huh? Oh my it's, gosh. It's, that's our lives as mom. <laughs> yep. All right. So actually speaking of that, if you have multiple children, how can you ensure that you're communicating effectively with all of them? Absolutely. I love this question. So I, my, one of my books is coming out called every mama's prayer. It's to be released mother's day, 2023. And I have a whole chapter actually on this topic of communication. And in that chapter, I kind of address this point of we need as mamas to start calling ourselves grace giving realists. And knowing that we have to give ourselves grace and we also have to be realistic that we cannot be on all the time. Yeah. Impossible. We, we hold ourselves to this unrealistic standard of, I need to be on and talk to our kids and be there and present and meet needs at all times. And it's unrealistic. And so just changing our, our perspective and being grace giving realists to ourselves and so I think when it comes to me too, is um, just being honest with our kids that I'm not available right now, but I really do want to talk to you and then setting a time to talk. So our littles, like they're going to have a five minute <laughs> wait time, right? And as they age, then they can have longer durations of, oh, that is a big conversation. And mom really wants to be present for you and talk to you about that. Um, I don't think that's something we could get done right now. So let's talk about that before bed, maybe seven yeah. o'clock. Does that work? Um, we're, we're seeing them, we're valuing them, um, but we're also showing them that we're not available in that moment. 
And mm-hmm. so that is re- going to be really helpful when you have multiple children to make sure that they're all being heard. And then also, I think it's a huge learning opportunity. So sometimes we can, I think, fool ourselves as moms that we are going to be super mom and we're going to communicate with all of our kids and meet all of their needs. And that's the way I should do it. Right. When in all actuality, if even if we could do that, which it's unrealistic and we can't, they're then going to go into adulthood and they're going to bring those unrealistic expectations into Mm -hmm. their other relationships. And I see this a lot as a parent consultant and they go into their other relationships of significant others and their boss and people that are in their lives. And they just, they have a difficult time coping that they're not available for them 24 seven because their mom was, and really that is really doing them a disservice when we think as moms, we're doing them a service by being on and communicating with all of them all the time. It's really not setting them up for success and healthy relationships moving forward. So while sometimes we can be hard on ourselves, telling them that mommy's not available right now, or I'm talking to so-and-so I will get to you next is probably the most loving thing we could do. Yeah. What was the phrase that you use? Um, oh, just the learning opportunities. I mean, no, the grace, like the grace giving was a great, the grace giving realist grace giving realists. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to give ourselves grace, um, that we have to be realistic and Mm -hmm. this picture perfect Pinterest mom that I would love to be is ultimately a facade. It's fake. And the second I can say that's not real and I'm going to be a realist and I could give myself grace because God gives me grace, right? That I'm doing this thing the best I can. um, And I'm going to give myself grace and be real. I think that's just, that's a gift you can give your kids to say, I didn't have it perfect. And I was trying my best um, doing what the Lord called me to do. But at the end of the day, you know, I will make time for you, but I can't be on all the time. Yeah. Very good. And so like relieving. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. To be able to put your head at your pillow at night and know, you know, I, I did have those meaningful conversations and those meaningful conversations are going to happen when you say I'm not available. Can we talk about it now? Or can we talk about it at a different time? Because if I were to say, I'm talking to you right when it came up at all moments, I mean, we're not going to give it to the time and effort and thought that's probably needed to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So true. I know my nine-year-old likes to talk a lot and I've, I've done, we do talk before bedtime, but I've found that sometimes I'm like, he always wants to talk when we're on our way out the door. And I'm like, so this is a perfect conversation for the car. So like, can we hold off for like five minutes and like gather our things? Um, yeah, because it's just, because when I do try to like, almost like entertain the idea, I'm not even paying attention because I'm doing the things that I need to do to get out the door. And I really have no idea what you're talking about. You know, that's not fair. And it's so common too, to be in public or on a play date. And then they bring up this big issue and you're like, Whoa, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes. This is something that I want to talk about, but now is not the time or place, right? Um, let's talk about it at home. Or, you know, when we get back after lunch, I would love to talk to you further about that. Um, sometimes I even use my phone because my memory is so awful. <laughs> I was going to say that. And I'll either like set an alarm for myself um, or just make a note, um, say mommy's writing it down so that I don't forget because this is really important to me. And then I'll kind of make a joke like, you know, mommy, I'll always forget. And so I'm writing it down. So I remember um, just being real and saying this is important, but not right now. Yeah, I love that. I was just going to say that. So I'm like, oh man, I don't want to forget after I say that I'm going to remember. I have this app, Google Keep. Have you ever used it? 
No. It's like post-it notes on your phone. I love oh, it. Oh, I love that. So you can have a category just for like things that I need to talk to the kids about and like things I need to pick up at the store. And it's just like a bunch of post-its. Um, so nice. I think I'll make a new category for that. I love that. Yes. Very nice. Awesome. So you have a book coming out and you've already written a book. Can you tell us a little bit about your books? Absolutely. So I have my um, children's book and it's called Go Away Bossy Brain. And this is a book, it's a illustrated children's book about anxiety because I was finding, I mean, anxiety is one of those things that adults can't understand. And I mean, I don't understand it and I study it. Like the, it's one of those things, the more you get into it, you're like, wow, it's so big of a topic and it's so mm. complex but yet our sweet little children struggle sometimes with anxiety. So how do we take this big topic and educate them about it from an age appropriate standpoint? So it's a fun picture book and there's different types of brains. And it talks kind of about how um, we have our brave brain, but we have this thing called bossy brain that always pops up. And that of course is anxiety. And so it kind of walks through how we can overcome bossy brain by using our brave brain um, and then it's written from a biblical perspective as well. So it is rooted in cognitive behavior therapy, often referred to as CBT, and mm -hmm. it's all evidence-based. But then I also make sure that I put in there that our brave brain is from the Lord, right? And so it yeah. is from a biblical perspective. And it was written because I didn't find materials out there like that. So often I was looking for something that was evidence-based and um, peer-reviewed and reputable, but also from a biblical perspective. And sadly, it's not out there. So God called me to walk through that door. And so you can find that on Amazon and it's called Go Away Bossy Brain. Love it. Um, that's so cool. So I had um, done a little bit of research in like cognitive behavior therapy. And when I was looking into it, I found it, this is so off topic, but I found it so fascinating that so many of the things that they're finding in science line up with actually what the Bible tells us about like reframing your thoughts and all of these things that the Bible tells us. And I'm like, oh guys, like Jesus told us this like thousands of years ago. And now we're finally like, oh yeah, there's evidence for it. But I just oh love my how goodness. it lines up. I absolutely love, love, love that you said that right now, because that is honestly my mission. That is what God has called me to do. I work in cognitive behavior therapy um, pretty, pretty regularly with my clients. And it really is just research and the practical way of doing what God's word has already said to be true. Mm -hmm. And so I always say that God's word and cognitive behavior therapy, it really is very easy to um, use together because it, the Bible is the supreme authority in our life, but then cognitive behavior therapy comes along with all these practical how-to aspects of making that work and flush that out in your life. So mm -hmm. I use it with kids. I use it with adults. Um, and then all of my work that I usually produce is birthed out of both of those cognitive behavior therapy, as well as God's word. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to check out that book. I'll also link your book um, in the show notes. And then you have that book coming out right? I Mother's do. Day. Tell us a little bit about that one. Absolutely. So I did the go away bossy brain for the kids. Um, but as far as for my mamas, um, the book is called every mama's prayer. And really the book is the journey. It's about how I felt like I was failing. Cause I just kept going to God's within prayer saying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me with this and help me with that. And like, what about this? What am I supposed to do? And I was looking at that as a failure because I just kept coming so empty handed. Mm -hmm. before the throne asking for wisdom. 
Um, and then I came to realize that actually that is the beginning of wisdom. And that wasn't a failure that I'm coming to the Lord asking for guidance. Um, so it's my journey through coming to terms with not having a guarantee that my boys are going to grow up and be happy and healthy and mm -hmm. saved and all of these, you know, like I have all of these anxieties and fears surrounding motherhood and I'm going to the throne asking for wisdom. But on the flip side, using my behavior therapist expertise to say, there are some evidence-based things out there though, that we can hang our hat on. And we no longer have to just go by people's opinions, but there's so much rich research out there that we could really follow. And so while there's no guarantee and it'll never replace going to God for wisdom, um, each chapter goes through the different aspects of motherhood and what research has to say about how we could do it to the best of our ability. Oh, I love that because I'm so like, I, I really like step-by-steps. Actually, my pastor is so good because, um, I love how he, after every sermon is like, okay, this is how we apply it. Cause I always need like, okay, this sounds good. I love this, this overall big picture, but like, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. You know? And it sounds like your book kind of walks you through that. Yes. And there's just, there's a lot that's gray, but there's a lot that isn't gray either. And so how can we do what we could do, but then at the end of the day, lay it at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. Awesome. So your book's coming out Mother's Day. Um, where can people find you? Do you yeah, have a website? So you I, yeah, you can find me at my website. So I am at www.jennayoungconsulting.com. And if you find me there, I, I'm a blogger. And so every week I give a new mental health behavioral tip and how we can uh, do motherhood the best we can from a behavioral and mental standpoint to raise our children to be strong in that area as well. Um, I give lots of freebies every week, so make sure you subscribe so you get those freebies. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then on there, you can find a little bit more about me, my parent consulting, if you're ever interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching and all that I'm about. So that's jennayoungconsulting.com. Perfect. All right. I just want to close in prayer before we say goodbye. Um, Lord, thank we just thank you for this time. We thank you for Jenna and the mission that you put on her heart to help other mamas, Lord. And we just ask that to all of those moms listening, if you're struggling with with behaviors that you're not sure how to, how to approach or, um, you know, things like that, but they take it to you first, Lord, that you, that you just impress on their hearts, that you are there with them, that you are the God of wisdom and that they are not doing it alone. And we just, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you are there for us because we know that we can't do it alone. And we thank you for the resources that you put in our life, people like Jenna, and um, that are there for us, that can teach us how to use, you know, different practices and how to use your word, Lord, to figure out how to do this mom thing. Um, we just, we thank you for this time and bless all those mamas that are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you or inspired you in any way, could you please take a minute to write a review on Apple Podcasts? Writing a review is the number one way that you can help me to reach more moms just like you. And reading your reviews truly inspires me and encourages me to keep doing this work. Also, don't forget to connect with other like-minded mamas in our Facebook community so that we can encourage and uplift each other on this journey. The link to the Facebook group is in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and may your heart overflow with God's peace and love. God bless.